How will ChatGTP affect the future of SEO? InSearch SEO Podcast is brought to you by Rank Ranger, the all-in-one SEO platform that helps scale your business through data and analytics. Hello and welcome to episode three in a three-part series discussing what SEOs need to know about ChatGTP. In this episode, we're looking at ChatGTP prompts and how ChatGTP will affect the future of SEO. I'm joined by Julie McCoy from Content at Scale, Ellen Conning from Salience, and Alizi Body, SEO consultant. Ellen, what can SEOs do to better prompt ChatGTP? Context is always going to be king, but there's also just the initial reality of reiteration. A lot of the time when you put something through any sort of AI generative process, if you put the exact same prompt through again, you can come up with a completely different response. So I always think it's a good idea to run through things more than once. Compare what's working with your research and the knowledge base that you have coming into it. Take those bits, put them together, and then even rerun through it again with that updated version of it, reiterating down and down. It's still going to take you a lot less time than it would to have manually gone through and made that strategy, made that process, made as Julia said, an email string or go through any other sort of situations with it. Um, One of the big things that we do is we do a lot of content briefs, which is where we do a lot of research and analysis into an area around a whole bunch of topics to then pass on to other writers. And one of the things I've personally found very interesting in doing content briefs is letting iterative chat GPT research helps steer the first stages of that. I then take what it produces and build on it and build out the whole brief in of itself and also whole strategies and editorials that can come from that. But having that at the first stage just helps it. And without iteration, you're never going to be able to get to the point where you go, I can take this, run with it, make the content, make it work. Well, context was Julia's word at the end of the last episode and Iterative is certainly your word at the beginning of that one. And I love that as well, because I think many people will be using ChatGTP as, you know, here's my question. There's the answer. Thank you very much. Okay, I'll go and do something with the answer. But <laughs> unless you, you hone what you're getting, then you're never going to get the optimum version of it. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing with that as well is that you learn more about the program, about the platform, about the AI, whatever you want to call it. You're learning more about it as you're going about it. And you'll learn that certain prompts work better with it. And if you, especially if you've got the pre-training, if you've got the, what was it, the persona that you've called it, that you, uh, Alice talked about before, where you've created almost like a conversation with this version, your own version of JetGPT, you're going to be able to learn what works with that version and what doesn't. I tend to keep things quite fresh on different iterations. I do have one that I put lots of different things into and build upon. That's almost like a persona prompt that's built over time. But I do also like to see the perspective from like a fresh, different version of it, just to see what different answers it comes up with. And again, always within this fact check, it's never going to, in my mind, fully replace the need for the human interaction. I think that's something that we all have that agreement on. It's going to need fact checking. It's going to need the human touch to make it work. But it can do a lot of the heavy lifting for you, for sure. So, Elise, context, iteration, do you have an umbrella word that summarises how you advise people to deliver their prompts? I'll go with structure. Um, Thing is... um, the, depending on the prompt you give it, the the way it thinks about the answers, the, the way it um, redacts the answer, might not suit 
the, your need or you, your way of saying things. For example, um, I used it to help me just like write in a pretty way a few bullet points I had for a proposal. And the way I structure in my proposal is that I have a H2 in my Notion uh, document that I send to my prospect or client. Then I have a short description of the service. Then I have a detailed process of how I do this service. And that kind of justifies why it costs that much, kind of. And um, and when I asked it, well, can you just like write a short description for a service that includes this, this, this and that? The result was just not, it was just not me. It was not working. It was just bad. So what I did is like, I gave it um, in the prompt examples of other services and how I redacted them. So it had some sort of basis to work from. And then I said, so here's the structure. I want the result, the, your answer to be in Markdown because Markdown is easily um, copy pastable in Notion. So that way I wasn't having you know, formatting issues. Um, I want some bullet points for the process. I want a short description of the service that um, like shows my expertise, shows how interesting what I do is. And I want um, a series of bullet points for this. And I want an estimate of time that explains exactly why, et cetera, et cetera. And I gave it like a whole structure of how I want, I want it and the formatting of the output because um, it's easier to just copy paste things that work basically and not have to, yeah, just add in headings here and there. And um, it worked pretty well. And if you tell it how you want things to be done, it works. That's why I, I go circling back to the, um, the assistant I created that I talked about a couple of episodes ago. Um, yeah, it's kind of having an intern to whom you have to explain how you do things. And that's how I treat it. Love that answer as well. So much value uh, from, from all of you in terms of um, how you can actually use prompts more successfully and get more out of ChatGTP. Uh, I'd like to also get everyone's thoughts on the future. Now, ChatGTP and what you can do with it is evolving very, very quickly. Um, so you can think of the future as in in two weeks time or perhaps in a year's time um you can also think of the future in terms of perhaps the changing web or the the way that people will change the way that they actually search and seek for inf information perhaps the average consumer is more likely to use uh, an ai powered chatbot to look for a direct answer instead of actually searching the, the web um so it would be great to get your general thoughts on the way that you think that seos need to prepare for the future and what they need to do to be as prepared as possible. Um, so should we go back to Julia first? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Great question. And I think it's one, you know, we all need to take seriously if our role is in SEO. We serve clients. We do it for our own businesses. You know, how is how is this going to change? So for me, the biggest question I've been exploring now that I've gotten my hands wet with content creation, that's where you should start. So if you're not using ChatGPT AI to create content, do that. It'll save you so much time. All the episodes we recorded with you, Dave, um, went through a lot of great ways to do that. But when it comes to that big question next, what will the future of Google look like? You know, that's something I've been exploring. Um, there's a tool called perplexity.ai that is supposed to represent a future model of what Google might build one day. So Google may be building and they already came out with it. They put it under a project name. They have engineers assigned. So we know like, like this is already in the works, a new way 
that search will completely adapt. Um, but the prediction is that, you know, Google now has autocomplete. The next step to that would be auto answers, where Google is actually writing the answer for you, much like Bard already does, um, but within the actual SERPs. So instead of a list of search results, you're getting a written answer, and then weight will be placed on domain names, and you'll get like five to six domain names that will be shown along with that written answer, which to me just reflects like the quality of content according to EATS. All of those things aren't going to die. They really aren't. They're going to become even more important if weight is placed on a domain name that much. So, you know, we need to hustle to build our domains with content. That's always going to be my answer is, you know, create a great brand, put great content out there, get your strategy right, hire people to help you if you don't have that, um, because that will only help you in the future of what's coming. But the landscape of how search will actually work is fascinating. You know, it's hard to predict when or what that will look like, but I think what Perplexity has done, and this was created by engineers at OpenAI, it's given us a good prediction, you know, of where this could possibly head because ChatGPT is the future. You know, when Google first said, oh, you can't use AI back in April of 22, and then by the end of 2022, they were saying, we never said that. Well, then you know <laughs> that, you know, Google's going to shift with this. Like, that's how big it is. But what will that shift look like? That's the question I I, for one, can't wait to see the answer too. Julia, you mentioned Google a couple of times there. Is Bing not going to come and eat Google's lunch? <laughs> you know, Google still holds the monopoly of the world's largest traffic source. Bing definitely made a comeback, I will say, with Microsoft's Bing chatbot. Um, but, you know, it's just like Google is such a default. It's almost a part of culture. So I would say it's going to be hard for that to be replaced. Ellen, what are your thoughts in the future? Very similar to Julia, to be honest, and absolutely with Google remaining at the powerhouse. We see every couple of years a conversation that happens in the social media world and the world of SEO and the world of just being online and engaging with people. The conversation of, oh, X is the new Google. Uh, we've seen it uh, recently with TikTok, with a lot of people going that people are not going to Google anymore from certain generations. They're just going on TikTok and looking there. Uh, we're seeing it with some people going, they are only using Bing now because of the AI chatbots that they have over there. But we've also seen this iteratively in the past and it's not a new phenomenon. I definitely think there are people who are moving away from Google and are moving to those two platforms. TikTok obviously isn't using, as far as we're aware, AI in the same sort of vein as JetGPT. But there's still elements of what's going to be the future. Google has very quickly turned themselves around, as Julia pointed out. And I do, it's like, we never did that. Exactly. Like, no, no, believe us, we, we were on board all along. It's very interesting to see how quickly their tones change for a company like Google, who are very internally secretive and always try to lead the way, having that lead taken out from underneath them. Um, in terms of where it's going to go for SEOs in the future, I think it's going to be a lot of adapting to it, changing our processes, but also making our lives easier to focus on the unique and individual elements of the brands that we work with, whether we are dedicated to a singular brand or if you work across a whole spectrum of brands in different industries, it's going to give us more time to focus on their unique angles and creating content strategies that reflect them and their personality, their tone of voice, who they are and who they want to be in the public eye. Whereas before we'd have to spend a lot of time on the very 
groundwork sort of devices, groundwork content of the guides that you have to have, making sure that they're evergreen and updated. There's elements that are going to be streamlined in the future. That's exciting to me is seeing the streamlining and the freeing of the creativity that we as SEOs can bring into the online landscape. Alize, what do SEOs need to do in order to prepare themselves and their organizations for the AI-powered future? So to me, there are two two ways, to, two different sides of it. Uh, first is regarding search engines. As we mentioned, there are different tools. I'm, I'm not saying it's going to be the case, but I'm wondering to what extent there's going to be a specialization of searches. Like you're going to use TikTok for lifestyle. You're going to use Google when you're at your desktop and you need to read a lot of things. You're going to use etc. etc. I'm still, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's just a question I have. We'll see what happens. Um, but I'm sure that the users are going to decide on the solution that's best for them in the context that they're in. I'm still not sure what this looks like. Uh, it, but there, I think there's going to be, as SEOs, we will have a question to ask our clients upfront before we start a project about, okay, what do you do? Are we going to do search engine optimization, search experience optimization on Google? Or are we going to work on this across different platforms? That's going to be a topic. I believe that's going to emerge more and more. And the other side of it, um, the very AI part of all of this is um, I'm really looking forward to having specialized AI tools we can use, ideally locally, so we don't give all our data to a bunch of people we don't know who they are. Um, but I'd love to have my own little Jarvis on my Mac, on my iPad, on my iPhone, being able to just, well, have actually super-powered Siri or something like that. And that would be my personal assistant for my business and then having maybe an iteration of this for every single client I work with. That way, I mean, it's just duplicating the amount of neurons that would be dedicated to the work I do. That seems amazing to me. And I, I'm really looking forward to getting to solutions like a diversification of solutions that are tailored to every single SEO and their issues they have and the solutions they want. Great advice. And that takes us up to the end of this three-part series on ChatGTP for SEO. I'll be back with a regular episode of the InSearch SEO podcast next week. In the meantime, many thanks, Julia, Ellen and Elise. And thank you for listening. Check out all the previous episodes and sign up for a free trial of the Rank Ranger platform over at rankranger.com. Hold up. 